Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's all the same. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as some great video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can check it out, authormagazine.org. That's, I've got a, uh, if you like this show and you like the kind of things we talk about, um, well, the interviews are, of course, I conduct all the interviews, so they're the same sort of conversations. But I also write a blog, regular blog, uh, about writing and creativity and just sort of how to live your own life. And that's all at authormagazine.org. And, of course, we're funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. They do all kinds of great things for writers all over the world, but particularly here in the Northwest. Uh, For instance, I'm going to be doing a fearless writing class with them once a month starting this Saturday. That would be March 16th. 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon at the Writer's Cottage in Issaquah, Washington. It's great. It's a great opportunity. Get to talk about all the things that can create writer's block for authors. It's a great conversation. I hope you're there. You can sign up for it at pnwa.org. And, of course, Pacific Northwest Writers Association hosts their Writer's Conference every year, one of the biggest and the best in the country. And that's going to be in September. It's going to be starting starting last year. We had it in September for the first time. It went great. We're going to keep doing it then. And people are signing up for it already. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And you can too. The earlier you sign up, the more agents and editors you can pitch if that's the sort of thing you're into. So go check it out at pnwa.org. pnwa.org. Well, today... We're back into the fiction mode, and we've got Karen Rose. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. Karen's a former high school chemistry teacher and a former physics teacher, but she moved out of the sciences, people, and into the arts, and her debut suspense novel, Don't Tell, was released in 2003. And since then, she's published over 20 novels and two novellas. Yes, she has. Her books have appeared on the bestseller list of the New York Times, USA Today, London Sunday Times, and Germany's Der Spiegel, and the Irish Times, as well as lists in South Africa and Australia. Holy moly. She's global, people. Her novels, I'm Watching You and Silent Scream, received the Romance Writers of America's Rita Award for Best Romantic Suspense for 2005 and 2011. And to date, her books have been translated into more than 20 languages. How about them apples? Karen, how you doing? I'm very good today. How about you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome because I get to talk to you about your very interesting life. I don't even know anything about it, but it's got to be interesting because you're here with me now. Uh, As I said in my intro, once upon a time, you were teaching high school. Sciences. Sciences. Before that, I was an engineer, but yes, I I, I did. Oh, for God's sake. I was was a teacher after that. So you started as an engineer. What kind of engineer? was a chemical engineer. I worked at a big, a big consumer products firm in, in the right. Midwest. All right. So you were, so you were, so you were chemical engineer. That's what you went to school for. Yes. I assume. Okay. And then yes. you said, 
this is for the birds. I want to help my fellow man, and I'm going to go become a high school teacher. What what made you move from from big pharma to to the halls of of high schools? Well, it wasn't actually it wasn't actually all that altruistic. Although <laughs> being a teacher was what I wanted to do at the very beginning when I first uh-huh. started college, but I got a I got a, a scholarship to go to chemical engineering, and I was a poor kid, so, you know, you don't turn right. down free money when you're a poor kid, right? No, no. So, no, I, uh, I went to University of Maryland, and I got my degree, and the plan, I met my husband in our senior year of high school, and so uh-huh. our plan, you know, because this is always the plan, right, when you're, when you're young, is that mm-hmm. I would get my degree, he was going to get his degree in psychology, I was going to work as an engineer until he got his doctorate and got it practice started, right. and then I, because we could oh, for me to be a teacher, that was the plan. Right, and that's not, but that's not how it worked. Um, life happened. He got cancer. They, you know, he's a survivor. So this is oh, good. good. Lots good. of other good. stuff happened. Children happened. Golden handcuffs happened. You know, if you're familiar with that term. Yeah. And then I was making like way too much money. Yeah. You know, in supporting the family. <laughs> yeah. um, he never ended up getting the degree. He was almost there, and he uh-huh. was. His actually, his backstory ended up in one of my books as the backstory really? of my hero, of one of my characters. Yeah, but it took me. Gosh, it took me 15 books to be right. able to write it because it was a very traumatic thing. He of was course. working in um, as a mental health therapist with um, offenders who were on parole or probation. And wow. And I'm keep I'm gonna keep this kind of PG because I don't know who's listening. But, I understand. Uh, well, kind of like the, dre- but... the dregs of you know sure. of the system sure. wasn't his plan. Um, and you know it was just kind of the, the they were the court ordered therapy. And right, and so, they weren't. They didn't want the therapy, did they? Not really. And the particular, no. this particular individual, Martin was getting to the place where he really wanted to quit anyway. Um, right. This is what happened around 1999, and I was writing at the time, but I would, I hadn't been published. I don't, even, I didn't even have an agent yet, so my right. writing at the time was all hobby because, right. and that, that's another story. But um, he, uh, he was attacked by wow. the, one of the one of the clients, a, a young man who was barely 18, um, right. a three three time offender, had um, decided he didn't want to be in the program anymore, which was a violation of his parole, probation, whatever he was on. Big guy, six right. two. My husband's only five nine. Big big guy was big six two, young, mad, probably wow. on something. He started yeah. a fire in the basement. Whoa. When Martin was a, a wrestler, a high school wrestler, and that saved his life many times. This was like the final time it saved his life, and after that Whoa. we were like, you know, we're gone because oh. he had to pin he pinned the guy. And then uh, this we were living in Cincinnati at the time, and uh, wow. and that's where the, the this particular series that this this backstory appears in happened in Cincinnati, and wow. um, he uh, he held the guy down while the firefighters put out the fire, and then they held the guy <laughs> down until the cops came, but. I didn't get all the details of this until many, many years later, but everyone else had managed to wow. get themselves closeted in one of, you know, in a room with desks up against the door. And, Holy and, you moly. Know, yeah, it was one of those very traumatic things. And so we all were right, like, so, no more. We're well, done. We're done. And then wow, the guy so, got 30 days. 30 no, days. for that? He was going to try to kill your husband. And attempted, and attempted murder. He got 30 days. All right. And, you know, at the time we had two little girls. And yeah. we're like, you know what? We're gonna no. move. <laughs> well, so, so we did. So, so, so I, well, I left, that, I left that job, and and then I I went to another job, and uh-huh. so my, my where I had no seniority. Nine eleven happened, and I got laid off because manufacturing went down. Oh. And so I was out of a job, completely out of a job. Oh my and God! The plan, the plan. What happened to the, the plan? plan? I know exactly totally the sideways. plan. And hey, so I, you, you know, I had just you outline? written my second book. No, Are you an outliner? 
Yes, I am. And you could not outline this for real. You know? That's what I'm saying. Your, your be did like, life not teach happen. you the folly of the outline? I know, right? Okay. I know. Well, my, I never right. go by my outline anyway. But at anyway, right. you ask how I became a teacher. I had just written my second book. We, I was out of work. We pretty much lost just about everything because we, right. even though we had like a year, we had a year of savings. But That's we it. still, it's, it, it's hard to find a job, you know, when you get yeah. close to 40. And I may have actually yeah. been 40 at this point. And so I said, you know what? My character just became a school teacher. I've always wanted to be a school teacher. I'm going to be a school teacher. So that's what I did. I went back so, and became a school teacher. Here's the interesting thing in this. Where so 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 you so you get this degree in in bio uh, of chemical engineering, mm-hmm. and you're pay, making all this money, but you're but you're doing this thing, a very left brainy kind of uh, work. And um, where was the so? But was where was writing in all this? In other words, were you had writing been just sort of a quiet hobby, or had it been a sort of a dream that you weren't willing to admit was a dream? Like how? What? What? It, it was, what was going on there? A quiet hobby. It was my Calgon moment, and I started back in ninety three. <laughs> it was your Calgon. Oh my, my god! I had two little kids. You know, I guess people right. maybe don't know what that means anymore. But um, I you know, know what it means. Yeah, I think we're not, maybe if you're of an age, you know what this. I'm of an age. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was uh, traveling for – I worked for Procter & Gamble, and I was traveling uh-huh. with them internationally, and I didn't speak the language in most of the places I was. And there was no inter- – there was, there was no, there was no, no e-books yeah. at the time. And so right. I, if I, and if I had to pack enough books that I, would last me for two, two weeks on the road, I didn't have room for clothes. So right. eventually I would run out of books, and I just started writing stories and my, you know, to keep myself company. I was bored. Basically, oh. I started writing because I was bored. Wow. And I, wow. I did that for five years in complete secret. My husband knew, and like two friends knew, but I didn't tell anybody else because it was nobody was ever supposed to read them. They were mine, and it was finally yeah. my husband, ninety eight, ninety nine, before the big, before the big, the big trauma happened. He was right. kind of gently pushing me into um, doing something with the book, and he was one. He kind of gently nudged me the whole way because I was completely satisfied with it just being a hobby. Um, and wow. then it gradually became something that I was like, okay, I, I can do this. And then when God. I, when I, when I lost my job and ended up being a school teacher, I was like, yeah, I can, I mean, this is what I want for my career. So I kind of gradually right. went from, I'm bored. These people in my head are interesting <laughs> to, this is something I want to do. And then I, it, and it just kind of, it just kind of, kind of went on from there. That's, you know, every time I hear stories like this, I don't hear that many of them, but I've heard a few. I'm always so envious that you weren't burdened by the heavy baggage of intense ambition. I'm not saying you're not ambitious. You probably are. But the the need to publish, the yes, the like exactly. the, the big driving can just go make everything go so sideways for a person. And well, I've and known I tell a bunch of writers. Yeah, tell yeah, people that just now. Having like that. No I think that was good for me. It yeah. was oh it's great. I wish I could have done the same myself, but it just wasn't my path. Um and so you just followed your nose, and you were like, we're having fun. And uh, what and I'm going to guess that uh, was selling the first book difficult, or did it go relatively smoothly when you finally decided to try and sell a book? You know, it went pretty smoothly, actually. But I and yeah. I say smoothly. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a process person, and every you know, you, it's the engineer in me. So everything has a step. So it for me, it just it it was. Um, 
and because I didn't expect to get published at the beginning, you know, it was, again, it was still fun. It, right. it, it didn't feel like it took that long. Now, when I finally started doing it and became really important, then it felt like it was taking forever. But <laughs> I, I, I joined the Romance Writers of America in 99 and okay. went to my first convention in summer of 99. And that's when I thought, eh, maybe this is something I want to try. And I had um, signed with an agent by the following summer and um, finished – now that my first book, Don't Tell, when I got when I published it, and I always tell writers this, I wrote that book five times, five different times. Right. So when I first wrote right. it, it wasn't a thriller; it was a women's fiction book, and I kind of ah. used it as my my. It was almost my learning tool. Yeah. Every time I, I, was, cool. I would write it, yeah, I would just like, oh, I could do this different. I could do that different, and differently. And uh, um, I also don't have the burden of you know, oh, any expectations on myself being a, a literature major because, or, or English grammar, obviously, but right. I could do it differently. Um, and uh, um, I, uh, I just, I wrote it five times. By the fifth time, we sold it, and we sold it in December of two, uh, 2001. And it was, it took it about 18 months to come out, but that was because the publisher right. I sold it to had just come up with a new, uh, basically a new publishing model which was kind oh. of like the old category, you know, the category where you would have, like, um, you know, stores would be, they would get a certain number every month, um, but they did oh, them with okay. titles, and that had not been done before. And All so right. there was a lot of spending, a lot of distribution, um, there was co-op, so I had, it was basically a perfect storm of goodness, and <laughs> oh, um, I, nice. yeah, so it was the right place, right time, right book, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was, so it came out in July of 2003, and so when I look back, I'm like, that really happened fast. Wow! The time between the time I decided I wanted it and the time I sold felt like forever, but it was really just two years. That's nothing. No, that it's really is not nothing. No. Now I hear God. people I... say, "Oh, I sold the first book I ever wrote on my first NaNoWriMo," and I'm like, "No, no, no. I go in a dark alley at night." <laughs> there aren't. Listen, there are. I I have I have a there's a guy named. Um, Carl Marlantes, who wrote a book called Matterhorn, which is about his experiences in Vietnam. Great book. He wrote it in 1978 or something, and he didn't sell it till five years ago. Wow. It just sat. Then no one would buy it. No one would buy it. No one buy it. And then all of a sudden, then it blew up. So that was, I think, the longest I've heard. Yeah. I think it was like 30 years he sat on the thing. I know he had a whole life between when he wrote it and when he published it. So that's so I, I, I will. I asked you how hard, I figured I figured, Karen, given how how easy breezy you were in coming to the writing career, that publishing would that the publishing would be easier, too. And, and it was. But OK, so you sell it. And now 20 books later. So then you commence to crank them out. I mean, not crank them out, but you're writing one a year at least. Uh, and how did you did you like that pace? Do you find it grueling or do you? Do you enjoy the the the, uh, the one a year plus? I'm actually trying to I'm, I'm trying to write faster. It seems like Ooh. when I first started, the books were a little shorter, and mm. I was turning I was writing them on nine month cycles, which seemed extremely appropriate, you know, for a okay. big uh, you know like childbirth kind of thing. Um, right. And uh, you know, and it's kind of the same thing too, because you you labor over this book, and then at the end you have this beautiful book, and then you forget yes. how hard it was, and you go, oh, yeah, "That's right, let's do it again." Let's do it again. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 pace I think suits me, and I know you know folks are like, "Oh, we should go write faster," and I really wish I could, but the books are are, are I think they've got a lot of detail, and, and once I start writing, I tend to fly through it, but then. Getting, making sure all the detail is 
lined up and all the all the different storylines mesh properly. Sometimes that just takes a little time. So, so uh, don't tell was romantic suspense. I mean, it was Correct. suspense, but it would categorize as romantic suspense. And right. I assume that has been you've stayed in that genre since then, more or less. Or have you have you have you wandered afield a little bit? Um, the, every book is is a romantic suspense book, but the the uh, I'd say you know on the on the um, continuum of romance and suspense, right? They they're probably closer to thriller now, right? But they all of them still have you know as their as their the foundation is two people who are um, you know who will at the end have you know they will find their find their relationship and those two people together fight against basically the bad guy to defeat right. him for whatever reason he's doing his badness or they're doing their goodness and at right. the end bad is defeated you know good wins and they they have their happily ever after um, how much of that is in each book, it, you know, it varies by the characters and it varies by the villain. But yeah, right. they, they all still have romance at the very foundation. So this is interesting. And so, I mean, so that would be the difference between, I mean, I always wonder about this, the difference between romantic suspense and just suspense. But it's really this, there's more, because I've read plenty of, <laughs> of suspense novels, almost always written by guys, where the relationship, it's just not that big a deal. You know, there maybe the guy has a woman, he's, in love with, but the relationship is not that nuanced, let's say. And it's mostly him and the, the bad, the hero usually, and the bad guy squaring off for, you know, 300 pages. But in this, the relationship is important. And so when you are conceiving of your stories, do you start with the relationship or with the villain? I start actually with all three because I do, I'm the, you know, you find authors who say, oh, I love the first page and I love that, you know, that beginning excitement. That's the scariest part for me. I hate that Mm. blank page. So the Ah. way I always start, and it works for me, it doesn't work for everybody, but the way I start is um, I have, I I say, you know, bullet points because I think in bullet points, hero, hero, heroine, villain. And for each one of those, I say, who are they? You know, bullet points, where they grew up, blah, blah, blah. Who's their work? Who are their work um, group? Who's their family and friends? And I do that for all three of them. And as I begin to build the characters and the villain, I spend more time on him because to me, the villain is the most important of them because if he's not doing his bad stuff, the other two don't. I mean, without him, nobody nobody shows up to the party. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody shows up to the party if he's not being evil. And so I spend most of my time on the villain. And yeah. well, not most of it, but a lot of the time on the villain. And by the time I right. have these character profiles built, um, I'm actually telling myself the story. So I basically I've learned over time that this is the way to trick myself out of the right. fear of that of that blinking cursor. Is I right. never just have a blinking cursor. I have a format that I do every single time, and and it works for me. Right. Yes. The blinking cursor. You know, you got it. the thing about stories. This is what I've come to think of them, and I remind my students of this, which is like. I really only understand the stories I'm telling when I'm telling them. Like when I'm yeah. actually in this, it makes sense. But from the outside, intellectually, I can't ever get even. And by the way, I only tell stories now about myself. I mean, I tell true stories from my own life. But even that, I mean, really what the story is, until I'm telling it, until I'm in the middle of it, it doesn't really make sense to me the way it's like being in a conversation, you know. Having a convers, thinking about a conversation, actually being in the conversation—that's how I always liken it to. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, it does. 
Yeah. It does, and then you start to tell people about it, and then they're like, and then this happens, and this happens, and yeah. and I usually have at least two different storylines going on at the same time. The main right. storyline, where the the two the, the the two romantic leads have a point of view, the villain uh, in, or has a point of view, and maybe more than one villain has a point of view. Right. Um, and then, but there's usually a side story going along, and it can be anything from another person in law enforcement who's also pursuing the same case but from a different angle, and they eventually right. all meet up at the end. It can be um, from the point of view of um, a, a related victim who's doing their own investigation, you know, it, but, but right. eventually those stories have to kind of braid with each other to yeah. produce the, 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 the final story. And when you're trying to tell somebody about it, you're like, and this, and this, uh, and this, and you realize yeah. this sounds like a mess, but it works together <laughs> when it becomes a book. Yeah, it's hard to describe it's hard to talk about books in that way. It's, you know, because they, you've got to be reading them to really understand them and to certainly get the voice, which is always so important, you know, of the piece because how it's told. So it's really, it's tricky. It's why I always tell my students, don't, don't describe your book to people to see if they think it's any good because you might not do a good job and they're going to go, I don't get it. And, and now you're feeling all defeated because you think your story stinks. It's all because you've done a crap job of describing it, which is hard enough. You know, I heard my phone just go beep, beep, beep. I'm going to change because I, I charged it, but it's but oh, obviously no. not liking me today. Hold on just a minute. I'm going to a different extension. All right. Okay. You still all right, there? listeners. I'm still there. Don't worry. She's okay. going to go plug her phone okay. in. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. I got it. I just, I just picked up another line. Oh, okay. I'm in a place where uh, I'm in a place where there's no cell service, and so I have to depend on oh. the old-fashioned landlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like landlines. All right, you sound you sound nice and clear. You sound, okay, good. Okay, so let so all right, so here you are. You're 20 something novels into this writing career of yours, this unexpected writing career, and uh, uh, what, so what what's the hard part for you these days? Is there a hard part for for Karen? You know, it, it, it's. It becomes different. Everybody says, "Oh, it's got to become easier." It never becomes easier. And then sometimes no. I think, I think we can talk ourselves into a corner and actually make it harder. Because, oh. and I had really good advice, and I don't think my editor quite meant it the way I took it, but I, I took it this way, and it, it has worked for me. But she said one day, "You don't have to make each book better. They all have to be good." They all have oh. to satisfy your reader. And, 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 and what she meant at the time was you don't have to make each book longer and more involved. But I, right. took, it as, I took it the way I, I, I took it was the way I needed to hear it, which was you don't have to pressure yourself into believing that each book has to be more and more spectacular. Right. You know, yeah. you don't have to continually outdo yourself. They just they, – they, there's not a just about it. They have to be good. They have to be right. satisfying. And, and, and that's really the most important thing is when your readers are satisfied. But I think, we can, I think we can do ourselves a lot of harm by saying, okay, now I've written all these books. Now the next one has to be even better and even better. Yeah. And, you know, and how do I top what I did before? Right. Every book is a different experience. And it's a different set of characters. So for, for me, it's kind of like – because I, I, I used to I – taught, I taught creative writing. As you know, oh. when I was in high school, I taught sure. a section of it, and the way I used to describe it, you know, any kind of genre writing, because you know, of course, I started out with teenagers who thought they knew sure. everything, and who were like genre <laughs> writing. You know, <laughs> I know you're like, Probably okay, what they guys, were let's talk about genre writing. But yeah. um, in any kind of genre writing, 
um, I liken it to a football game. It's with it, the football has a set group of rules and it has a set group of players. I mean, all the positions are going to be the same right. every single time those guys run on the field. However, the teams are different. The morale is different. The fans are different. The weather yeah. is different. The field is different, and every single the wind is different. And every single right. time they go out to onto that field, you know, the, the however many guys are on the field at the time, I can't remember. Um, is it's going <laughs> to be? A, I'm going to get email about this. One. It's going to be a, it's going to be a different game, and that's yeah. the way genre fiction is. Whatever genre you're writing in, and as long as that game is satisfying to the fans, and they walk away saying, "Man, that was my best game ever," yeah. they might say that every week. Yeah. But it's still the same game. As long I as they like walk that. away with this experience, it's like, this is the best game ever. This oh, is the I best love ever. that. That's a oh, great free, analogy, free. Karen. Yeah. Oh, so, I've been talking I mean, to, to me, been... it just seems like that's the most oh. important thing. We don't have to get better every time. It just has no. to be the same satisfying experience every time. Yeah, because, you know, if you try to make it, I mean, I think that, I know that I write the same sort of stuff over and over again, the same sort of essays, but I just need to feel myself feel satisfied every time. I can't tell if one, I don't want, if I try to, like you said, if I try to outdo my last self, when you start getting more elaborate, you start doing more tricks, you start crashing mm-hmm. more symbols. And I just think it's a mm-hmm. great, it's a great piece of advice to just try to keep it set. Because here's the thing. Some of your readers, one person is going to think your latest book was the best thing you've ever done. And someone's going to think, Oh no, that can't beat. I'm watching you. You know, there's no way, exactly. or whatever it is. Because they're all going to have their various tastes anyway, so you can't exactly, that. exactly. Yeah, no, so yeah, is... I just, I, I just try to, and I have to tell myself that with every book, and I get scared with every book. Um, Do you? Know, you? Uh, you know, I think we're, well, we're all. I think, I think writers tend to be very. We're, we're, I think most of the writers I know are situational extroverts. Most of us are introverts. <laughs> yes. We're introverts yeah. in our own little cave, and it's yep. like, okay, I'm going to send my little baby off into the world. And yeah, I hope yeah, it, yeah. I hope that the world treats it nicely. And, yes. uh, and and there's always that little sliver of, oh my gosh, is this the one they're not going to like? Yeah. And, but I, I I never turn in a book until I'm satisfied with it. Good. And if, if I'm satisfied with it, you know, you can you can do a lot of stuff in editing. If I'm satisfied with it. <laughs> When I turn it in, um, you know, then I feel like I can kind of let it go. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. It, it sort of is like they are like children in a way. I, I think it's a pretty good metaphor, except they they can't die, which is good. But they can. Mm-hmm. But they go and they all have. They go the, the stories, the books, the they all have their own life. You know, the the book goes yes. out and meets different people that you can't you can't be there to oversee the relationship between the book and the reader. And you got to just let the thing have its own. Ex- and the readers have their experience with it. That's got nothing to do with you. That you're just, you're not there for it. You can't, uh, true. you can't, you know, when I teach writing, I always, I teach like essay writing. I read the pieces aloud in the class because I want the students to hear their pieces in someone else's voice so that they, because mm-hmm. they can't be there reading and saying, stress this word, don't stress that word. So they do. They have to go out and have their own. Religion. We got to let them fly the nest, don't we? Yes, and it's hard. I mean, it's just yeah. as hard as sending your kid off to its first day in kindergarten. You know. Yeah, I know. Oh but, God, uh, I still remember it, that. You know, it's a, it's a. To me, it's, it's. That is my part of the experience. Is 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 writing it, um, enjoying the writing, um, hating the writing at sometimes. You know, <laughs> just saying. I mean, you know, if you guys don't finish this soon, I'm going to let the serial killer have you all, which I've right. threatened. <laughs> quite a few times, but you know, it, it, it's, 
I think that we, I think we can freak ourselves out of having the good time writing by, um, by, by, by thinking too much about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, on that note, we come to our last question. Almost. I'm not quite sure. If before I come to that, uh, if people want to learn more about the fascinating Karen Rose, where can they do it? Um, my website is KarenRoseBooks.com, and there's oh, a please. there's some stuff on there about um, um, you know my my personal journey. There's also um, stuff about all the books in order, uh, and yeah. my books do connect. Um, they, they they appear in series, like there's the Chicago series and the Baltimore series, but you'll find that characters connect in all the books, and Ooh. That's that's there on the website is how they connect, and okay. the um, and if you start out with say you're sorry, which is my newest, it's the beginning of a series. If you start oh, there, okay. that's not I mean that's a good place to start. However, if you go back and read, if you like it and read some of the earlier books, the worst that happens is you find out who doesn't die, because obviously <laughs> you, you've read them in a, you know in a later book. Um, so right. yeah, the, but if they want to learn more about me, I think we've got some videos on there. Some um, uh, I do a Facebook Live sometimes where I do Q and A's. So, yes, oh, my nice. Facebook page is also Karen Rose Books. Excellent. Okay, so Karen Rose Books, everybody. Go check it out. Uh, all right, Karen, finish this sentence for me. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Mm, that, that life is stranger than fiction. <laughs> it's true. It's it so true. Oh, boy. I like it. Uh, Karen, listen, good luck with Say You're Sorry. I don't think you need it, but good luck anyway. And uh, with all your books that are going to come pouring out of you over the next lifetime, I would say. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Take, Take it easy. Okay, you too. Thank you so much. Life is stranger than fiction, people. It's true. It's true. All right, listen, I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you as always, R.J. You're the best. And, uh, well, I'll be back again next week. We'll do this again, right? In the meantime, go find something you love and do it as often as you can. Bye-bye.